Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2 episode 189 of this podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today as we begin our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. Uh, we are in a very short section it seems uh, for on face value this week. We're very used to having several chapters to have to get through in a week but this week we've only got Alma chapter 30 to 31 which is quite a nice thing. But then, of course, you remember that um, Alma 30 deals with a very intense and epic debate between Alma and an antichrist called Corihor. And then in verse uh, chapter 31, we see kind of the context being laid forward about the people of the Zoramites and uh, like things that they say and the blessing that Alma gives to his missionary team. And so there's a lot to get through, actually, when you sit down and think about it. So we'll make a start uh, in Alma chapter 30. Uh, we have a little bit of context at the start about what's just happened over the past few years. And then in verse six, it says, but it came to pass in the latter end of the 17th year, there came a man into the land of Zarahemla and he was Antichrist. For he began to preach unto the people against the prophecies which had been spoken by the prophets concerning the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, we don't uh, know where Corihor came from. We don't know, um, you know, where his background is. But we know that he came into the land uh, preaching against the things that have been spoken of by the prophets. And it's this phrase, that's an, this phrase Antichrist that is used that I want to focus on to begin with. Um, I think the phrase is interesting because initially we presume that it's someone that is against Christ. But actually, this is the, kind of the third experience we have had of an Antichrist in the Book of Mormon, of um, someone that is against the law, the, the, the teachings of Christ. Um, in the manual, it says this, quote, in a broader sense, it is anyone or anything that counterfeits the true gospel plan or plan of salvation and that openly or secretly is set up in opposition of Christ, close quote. Joseph Fielding McConkie and Robert L. Millett also explained about an antichrist this, quote, here we find an interesting definition of an antichrist, one who defies and denies the prophecies concerning the coming of Christ. This definition would, of course, pertain primarily to those who lived before the meridian of time. In our day, we would speak of one, uh, speak of an antichrist as one who denies the, the divine birth of Jesus, who downplays the significance of his teachings, who claims that Jesus' sufferings, death and resurrection have no significance for mankind. Many in this dispensation have been seduced into the damnable heresy that Jesus was merely a good man, a brilliant speaker and a loving and tender example of mercy and forgiveness. These things alone. The restored gospel, especially as made known through the Book of Mormon, testifies that Jesus Christ was and is divine, that he is God, close quote. Um, I think that when we look at the teachings of Sherem, Nehor and Corihor, they do all indeed uh, signify that or teach that, I mean, there, there are a lot of similar points they have, that Christ w wasn't necessary for salvation. But what is interesting is that when you look at each individual and you put them together, in a room, they would they would also disagree with each other. Um, Sherem's point of view was that you know God God was real. He he was you know he the, there there is a God. Um, he has made a covenant with his people, and the people you know fulfill that covenant by living the more the law of Moses. There is need, no need for a Christ. We have the law of Moses to give us salvation. Um, Nehor's point of view was that people didn't need salvation. Uh, you know we we need to have teachers of God. To keep to, to inform people of what who God is and and these things, but there is no law. There is no need to, you know, have a savior because you know we can do what we want. We can live by our the manner of our own choice. 
And then with Koryho, he kind of takes it even further or, you know, is on the other end of the spectrum from Sherem, where he's saying in some of his teachings that there is no God, you know, there is no being in the universe that, that looks at, that watches us all. These are, these are supernatural things which are effect of a frenzied mind. Although it is interesting when you go into Corey Hall's teachings a little more that actually there is a little bit of contradiction in what he says. Uh, and we'll look at that when we get into his actual um, words later. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting to consider how these three people uh, were indeed all antichrist, you know, to a degree. Um, but they all had their own views and opinions and values, which were different from one, from one another. Um, as we move on into verse seven, it says, now there was no law against a man's belief, for it was strictly contrary to the commandments of commands of God that there should be a law which should bring men on to unequal grounds. And I love this uh, about God. <laughs> I mean, there's many things I love about God, but one of the things I love about him is that he is not a commanding, coercing, you know, God that tells everyone they must believe or they, they, you know, they are worth nothing. And, you know, I think that sometimes we can get trapped into this view of, you know, God only loves the people that make covenants with him and follow his, his son, Jesus Christ. And yes, there is some favor given to those people because of the covenants they have made. But his love for all of his children is boundless, It is divine. Um, and so he doesn't tell you exactly what you should believe. He, te he through his prophets and through his words in the scriptures, he teaches you what you should believe and what can bring you everlasting joy and peace. But he doesn't tell you, you must do this or there'll be, you know, a dire consequence. You just don't basically receive the blessings you could receive uh, if you if you do follow him. Um, Neil, Neil A. Maxwell says this, quote, Clever but pathetic Corihor surely has his modern counterparts, especially in today's settings in which so many people are especially free to choose for themselves. In his time, as in ours, there was no law against a man's belief, for it was strictly contrary to the commands of God. Um, close quote. I, I love that. Even though, you know, our, our saviour would want us all to be to come to him, he allows mankind to live the way they will and, of course, receive the blessings of such in uh, in the afterlife. Um, obviously, uh, at the time of the Nephites, there was laws for actions, uh, but the beliefs, there was no specific law. There was not something which said, you know, you have to follow Christ or you'll be punished. Um, you know, it was it was to give all people the, the right to, to believe what they will. Um, in verse 12 of Alma chapter 30, uh, it says, And this Antichrist, whose name was Corihor, and the law could have no hold upon him, began to preach unto the people that there should be no Christ. And after this manner did he preach. So now we are really going to be delving into uh, the experience. But before we dig into what uh, Corihor begins saying, uh, I want to point out as well that this is not Alma's first experience with an Antichrist. In fact, it is his second. He had to deal with Nehor. And of course, the um, the fallout which happened because of Nehor's teachings, uh, which, you know, sure, I think the effects of were still being felt at this time. This belief that, um, you know, teachers of religion should be paid for and, you know, supported by the, the work of the other people. And, um, you know, they should be set up for this light to the world. Um, and so, you know, this is uh, something which Alma will be very keenly aware of, that this could be a real problem. Um so it's interesting that we have this experience because I have, to, I have sometimes thought, you know, why do we have these 
experiences of Antichrist in the Book of Mormon. We have three of them um, that we've read so far. And, you know, why has Mormon decided to include these in our, in our record? Surely, you know, the record should just be focused on uplifting and edifying Christ himself. You know, we shouldn't have these false teachings in there. Um, but actually, I think that uh, having a counterexample is actually one of the most effective ways we can learn. As a teacher, uh, particularly as a maths lead in my school, in my large school, primary school, um, I, I've done a lot of like discussion and training on this. And one of the most effective ways that is being found in the teaching of maths is not just, you know, to be able to model, um, explain, and then practice uh, methods and examples which work, but also, um, you know, present a a mis misconception or a, you know, incorrect working of how something is done to a child and say, can you work out their error? Can you correct their error for them? And this is exactly what's happening here with um, with Mormon, including these uh, teachings of Corihor. He has taught, he's shown us so many teachings of Christ and uh, examples and accounts and experiences that outline how Christ works and the blessings that are available to those that follow him. And now he is showing the example of Corihor and saying, now, look at this. You know, what do you see that's different compared to the teachings that we know to be true? And what outcome do you see because he follows this incorrect teaching? And again, going back to the example of maths, maths problems, if you give a, an incorrect example and sure, and then the, the child. The ironic thing is that sixty percent of the children in that class will probably be have been making that same misconception, but they see it as silly because they see, oh well, that's clearly wrong. When actually they were likely going to be doing the exact same things when they tried that thing out for themselves. Um, and this is exactly the same here. You know, we can see the outcomes of these antichrists and just the impact that their teachings have on a, on populations for generations. And we see the you know the importance of recognizing the errors of what they're saying. Uh, Gerald N. Lund said this about um, Corrie Hall, quote, if Mormon had been including nothing but had included nothing but those teachings, they would have been of great value to us. But he did more than that. He also included Alma's answer to Corrie Hall. The first thing to note is that Alma does not get into a philosophical debate with Corihor. He does not talk about metaphysics or axiology or epistemology. He does not allow himself to get pulled into the ground that Corihor tries to define as the area of debate. There is a great lesson in that. Alma teaches that we should combat false prophecies with revelation and doctrine, not with academic debate. Close quote. And how true are those words? You know, I think it's so easy when we discuss things to get pulled into the area that someone wants to discuss things. But Alma stays true to his testimony and teaches how he knows that these things are true. We're going to pause there uh, and move on tomorrow to the actual event. Uh, now we've laid down the context of an antichrist and what that is. Uh, thank you very much for listening today. Appreciate your time. Uh, please subscribe, review and uh, share the podcast. It'd be great to get more listeners and more, more discussion going. Please email session at gmail.com if you have any feedback or you want, like, would like to join in in a future episode. And also you can, of course, uh, follow the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.